Hey everyone, this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK featured the fine folks over at Switchboard, the UK's longest-running queer helpline. Because of that, we wanted to make a little shout-out to an equivalent we have here in America, the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is the leading suicide prevention and crisis intervention nonprofit focusing on queer youth in the United States. 24-7, if you need a counselor, they got you, no breaks. They do amazing work. We've talked a lot this season about queer trauma, and things like this are wonderful tools no matter your age. They have text options, a web client for chatting, and good old-fashioned phone line for those who'd rather talk their feelings out and hear another voice. You can check them out at thetrevorproject.org. And if you want to help them out, check out give.thetrevorproject.org. Thanks, and hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye! <laughs> but wait, Pope, you've never had savory bread pudding. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm glad we're back to I'm glad we're back to the things that matter in this conversation. I'm glad we're back to things that are important. Like you've had so, a bread pudding before, right? Yes, I've had a bread pudding. Who so you bread pudding? you understand like thematically that the only thing you would do is alter the spicing into savory spicing and then you and just have illegal. like cooked bread. That's like but cooked illegal. bread is delicious. Illegal. It's really good. Illegal. I will fully change what I order at a menu if I see savory bread pudding. You are all high. You're all blocked, blocked. All of you are blocked. None of you are free from sin. What is going... I thought I knew you. I'm not high. I'm just hungry at this point. down to a cool 90 minutes send it straight to your ear holes today we're talking about uh, the latest episode of drag race da- uh, are we down under joe I don't, think <laughs> down under. I don't know i hated this episode so maybe it was drag race down under drag race oh. uk season five episode eight hotline makeover say hi toxic fans oi, oi, oi. <laughs> hello hello love <laughs> introduce yourself toxic fans Hello, everyone. It's me, uh, Stephen Pope, your podcast dad, your professional hobbit, your sleepy bitch on a time crunch. Um, oh, this episode. Oh, this episode. And my beautiful co-host with uh, the co-host doing, with the whole most currently doing their best adore Delano, David Gore. <laughs> party um <laughs> hi i'm david gorin um have you ever been to azusa <laughs> i think i've driven through azusa i've driven by azusa <laughs> i've driven through azusa <gasps> oh i have oh? been to azusa a starbucks in azusa well um, then you might as well have moved there no so here's what happened i was driving home from vegas and i really had to pee um so I stopped at a Starbucks at Azusa and I walked in and the bathroom was vacant and didn't have a code. And I screamed, thank you, Jesus, and ran in. Azusa, where miracles happen. <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> and I'm just shocked that nobody put their, their makeover contestant in a lot of jewels so someone could make the joke hotline bling. I'm Joe Lee. I forgot my last name for a second. I forgot that I say my full name when I do this. Uh, yep. Yep. You also forgot what the word for smell was, so that's fine. I don't know if that's making it in the episode, Pope. Oh, it so. a thousand percent is. I thought we were going to talk about you not knowing what savory bread pudding was. That's not as in, that's not as impressive as you forgetting the word scent. Savory bread you know, pudding taste. is just his new drag name. <laughs> Okay, okay. If I saw a drag queen named Savory Bread Pudding, one, instantly following on Instagram, two, 
I will stand for the rest of my life. Here's the question. <laughs> is bread their middle name or a hyphenate name? Are they cornbread and bitch pudding's daughter? Like, <gasps> joint drag daughter? It's so they are long. savory bread pudding? Oh, my God. Uncut Gems. I, I am so here for this. Yeah. Yes. Why are you on Uncut Gems now? That was David, two weeks David ago. Said it, I, David <laughs> said it in a text message or something. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm blaming David. Look, I'm when blaming you. Look, when something's uncut, Pope gets hyperfixated. Um, <laughs> right behind me right now. Uh, down the drain by Ju- yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so David is holding up Julia Fox's memoir because yeah. David likes to forget that we are not uh, in a not visual a, yeah. medium. Well, this <laughs> was just for you guys. I don't know if that was going to make it into the episode. <laughs> stop <laughs> saying, stop breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> not that we have one. <laughs> All right. I so... mean, my room has four walls in it. I don't know what kind of triangle-shaped ass bitch your room is. <laughs> If Pope's walls could talk, <laughs> they'd be horrified. Hey, I got the reducing noise thing. That's fun. Um, I have it. Oh my god, I haven't Am either. I... I'm shocked. Oh my god, are me and David the quiet ones this episode? Speaking Don't of fucking lie to yourself. Speaking of the workroom getting quieter, they're all back oh. in and they're sad that Car- Caramel has gone home. No one's happy. Yeah. No one seems to be in a good mood. Everyone's like. I can't believe this shit. Dee Dee is like, I thought that Kara won the lip sync, and Mike was like, I thought you don't have any badges. Shut the fuck up. Uh, I love that. I love that. Like, how many badges do you have? Oh, good. I don't care about your opinion. But also, like, Dee Dee's like, I think I proved myself this last week. And it's like, how? How did you prove yourself? By not losing? By saying line 87 times? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I it's it was just like I mean I think that she's just proven herself because she wasn't in the bottom. I mean, well, that's not. Sometimes a... they make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Oh. I mean, I, I. There's something that I want to talk about, but we can't talk about it till the end of the episode. Um, and it's something that I said last week, and I'm now just like I don't understand. Is it is it the fact that we all think that maybe they just don't trust Tamara to win a lip sync? Not even that. I feel like it's just literally like they have this weird formula in their head that it needs to be like clear winner, clear runner up, someone who's done well, and then someone who hasn't done well but is delusional as fuck that they still could win somehow. But that's the problem. Didi isn't that delusional. Didi is well aware that if she didn't win this week, and honestly, I don't, I have opinions on that, she didn't stand a fucking snowball's chance in hell, and she knew that. But we're all forgetting the most important thing now. We need to raise money for Tamara because she's homeless. I mean, mean, here's the thing. Tamara's not actually aware that anyone went home because she never saw that queen in the workroom. Yeah. (laughs) Her missing hoe is Caramel. Yes. (laughs) I mean... She does have, like, a mental block for Caramel. It's just like a a pixelated image where Caramel's supposed to be in tomorrow's memory. I mean, all I'm going to say is that four queens saw sweet, salty, sticky, you're all nasty, love you forever, Caramel, and Tamara saw a clean mirror. That was such a clean insert, David. I'm very proud of you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) And so the next day they learn that they're doing makeovers. How do we like this way of assigning makeovers where it's there's a swish board and you're just randomly assigning each person? Wild. It it was wild. I like it being bonkers like that. I love it. Like, I love a gimmick. I love how much effort they put into this stupid thing because they, like, made this like cardboard switchboard and they had all the contestants sitting on the stage and coming out like it was adorable and everyone felt like they got the correct person yeah yes like Uh, michael got the oldest one peter um (laughs) who's at least three years younger than ginger's drag persona Mm -hmm. um 
Ginger got the one with the beard, and she is not aware of shaving, and she was like, what if he has a beard? Well, I mean, I understand that just because it's one of those things where it's like every, I feel like unless they're doing women, um, every time there's a guy, there's always a guy with a beard who's like, oh, I don't, my, my, my beard, my beard is my mask. I don't want to get rid of it. No, no. A lot of times the bearded guys are like down. The one time it was a problem was when Lemon had that bearded guy and she shaved it and it turned out he had a really bad face under it. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so happy to see that Lemon is back on Canada's Drag Race. I thought the same thing when I saw that girl. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember anything about this this Canada's Drag Race episode because we're not talking about it. And we're also, not talking about it. Yeah, it was boring. I haven't watched it yet. I'm a little curious. I'll I'll definitely watch it later. Um, but we forgot to mention. So the makeover contestants are all volunteers for Switchboard, which is the biggest LGBT hotline. In the United Kingdom. It's the Trevor and... Project of the UK. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was about that. to say that. I yeah. that. Yeah, um, no, it's really, it's great. And they're all like, so we have Zan, um, we have we have two women. I think Zan uses she, her pronouns. We never they didn't got get confirmation. into Zan's yeah. pronouns. Based on the name Zan, I was like, oh, non-binary. And then yeah. it was never mentioned. Um, um, I, I actually did write down all of the pairings. If you would like, I can rattle them off. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So we have Michael with Peter. And Peter's an older man who seems absolutely lovely. Who's He's been, been doing working at the hotline years. since the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Like, he he said he was doing it in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so is that 30 or 40 years? I'm 40. bad with math right now. 40. Thank you. Thank the 70s weren't that long ago. Actually, no. The 80s are still, like, 30-ish years ago because I was born in the late 80s and I'm in my 30s. Yeah, David, he said he started in like 1981. Touche. I'm like, I'm like, he specifically has been doing this for 40 years. I know. Anyway, David's like, the 80s weren't that long ago. The 80s were not that long ago. You'll be here too, Joe. One day you'll see. I want to be clear. I literally will never exist in the 80s. All I'm going to say. Not that. All I'm going to say is. Maybe the 2080s, but we're not. The world's not going to be around (laughs) that long. I just want to say that really the best way that the real, the real best way that we should be measuring time is that Peter has been working at the hotline since Rue was middle-aged. Anyways. Um. (laughs) Uh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's Peter. Next, we have Kate and Zan. I did not write this in order, so I'm, I was gonna say that yeah. was the last one. But yeah, uh, Kate and Zan. Uh, Zan is cool, uh, redhead. Literally looks like what I think Kate wants to look like in drag. Yes, uh, <laughs> I absolutely get that. Zan also just kind of looks like the coolest lesbian you'll ever know. I also kind of yes. want to just give their plot lines now because I don't want to necessarily go over them later. Fair. Like, yeah. Zan's big thing, she started working at the hotline because she had a really rough upbringing and if it weren't for her found family, uh, she wouldn't be there. In other words, she was sometimes out of her house at people who aren't related to you can be your family. In fact, actually. Mm-hmm. What a concept. Yeah, and Zan, who's paired with Kate, is the one who said this. So that's not going to come back later in the episode in any interesting or fun ways. Not at mm-hmm. all. Um, Zan also looked a lot like Jenny Lewis, and I appreciated that. Zan was so pretty. Uh, yeah. Next. Next, um, Tamara and Gemma. Gemma. So pretty. So, so pretty. pretty. So, 4'11", tiny. and uh, for once. 4'11", but ha- still going to heaven. Yeah, talks uh, has a les- uh, has a partner who's also a black lesbian, and she likes to talk about how she talked a little bit about finding her space in a black lesbian queerness, um, which was kind of her biggest plot point, other than being short and having a hateful wig put on her head. Uh, we'll get to that fucking wig. Don't you fucking worry. We'll get to the goddamn wig. Next, um, Ginger and Rodrigo. Rodrigo has a beard. Uh, they're bearded. They're from Brazil, and they wrote their dissertation on drag queens. But they've I never like done Rodrigo. drag. Yes, I Rodrigo's so hot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to put my mouth on him. Anyway, Rodrigo is adorable. Rodrigo 
is going to be tortured this entire episode. There is not one moment where Ginger is not physically, mentally, or emotionally abusing this man. And it is hilarious <laughs> to me. And last but certainly not least, we have Dee Dee and Jamie. Jamie is hot. That's yeah. his only... I don't think he talks in this episode. He doesn't have to. He's a future Brick Crew member. Like, <sighs> goddamn. Everyone's talking about Jamie, so he doesn't Everybody. need to talk himself. Um, totally random, just because um, I saw Evie Oddly last night, and she was spilling tea um, in in her show. Uh, one of my favorite jokes being, uh, Monet said that she had sex, and it just and it was a lie, and all it did was play a game of who, of who did of who done it in the cast, and everyone thinks it's me, and it wasn't me because the only person who fucked Monet was RuPaul. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, wow. <laughs> that is that. That's so good. That's so wrong, good. Uh, that's I know. So wrong and so good. Um, and then I'm so mad I missed the show. And then and then she was like, she's like, and the worst part is we're all fucking horny, and all we want to do is feel up the Brit crew, but they're all, but they all have socks in their pants. <laughs> the look of shock on Joe and I's faces. <laughs> On our faces. It's just horrible. <laughs> it it was real. It was real to me. <laughs> so, Joe. Um, I love you, Viali. I love you, Viali, too. I love you, so, so, Joe, I have to ask, as someone who kind of hates faffing around the workroom, how do you feel about these episodes? Because this has to be torture for you. So I always find makeover episodes interesting because they're either really impactful or they do not affect my opinion at all. Um, they truly, they run through me. I think a makeover episode is nice on a season that is not overly emotional in general when I learn things about the queens. So like, I think 10 has a really good makeover episode because you kind of get a little more in-depth on Cracker and Cameron, and I think that can be really nice. Um, I think that, like, Five has a beautiful makeover episode because you get a lot of, like, Jinx bonding, um, and you kind of And the of death of Judy Garland. Like... Yeah, and we finally discover who killed Judy. Um, and then you have makeover episodes like this where it's just, like, I learned a lot of facts about a lot of human beings I, frankly, don't care about, um... No offense to these lovely, lovely people. They're doing great work, but I don't need an entire episode devoted to some random strangers that I get very little info on the people in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah that's fair. Like, I think that there are good makeup, but also this hasn't been an overly emotional season, so I didn't mind it. Like, it wasn't terrible. I was just like, okay, makeover episodes are also the worst judged episodes because they kind of... Every makeover episode has a different standard of judging. Mm. Like, I I always play my game. Are you going to be punished or praised for just putting someone in the exact same outfit as you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I hate it. I hate it. And yeah. I, I think that th with very few exceptions, the best person in a makeover episode has almost never won. Um, exceptions being, like, Cracker. And, like, Manila. Yeah. Like, I, like... I can go through, like, the good makeovers that actually did win, but for the most part, they tend to not work super well. And I think yeah. ever since people just started bringing two outfits, we're not even doing the fun thing of, like, we're putting you two in two different outfits. Like, I think that makeover episodes do best with twists also. Like, I like Sevens a lot because they had to figure out what their conjoined twin thing was. Yeah. Anyway, that was a lot of rambling, but those are like no, all no. my makeover thoughts. It was yeah. it was a very good um, cohesive thought on makeovers. I I mean I'm honestly kind of with you. I kind of hate makeover episodes because pretty much everything that you said. Because like when we get into um, the runway, I had a lot of feelings because I was just like, this is great, this is not great. But like it seemed that I, it's. We're just at a point being at the top five where they clearly have the narrative of who they want to go forward and who is just Who's there Jack? to be there. And 
considering what next week's episode is, it felt like they needed to get rid of Kate. Get rid of Kate. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. I have been very vocal in my hatred of makeover episodes because of the judging. I actually, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker. I, I, I'm an easy crier. I love a good, like, oh, I'm never going to see this person again, but I'm so emotionally invested. Like, sucker. Me. There are um, certain episodes where I get that. Canada, Canada's Drag Race Season 2 is the best makeover episode. The prom one? Uh, yeah. And, oh, like, God, I... prom. We're all waiting for Ruby Couture to win a season of Drag Race. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen. She's, she was on Call Me Mother, and she was, like, second place, and I was like, uh, yeah, should've won. I love her. Um... But yeah, it's just I did cut you off, Pope. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you had more to say. Um I did. But really for me, it's the judging part that drives me up the wall because they say family resemblance. That doesn't mean anything because they can't decide what that means themselves. Yeah. So it always comes down to we need to knock you out of the competition so we can do what the narrative demands. Like, season seven had a great makeover challenge because the girls had to be conjoined. I loved it. It was hilarious. But they knew what they were doing. They, they always knew that Jaden was not going to do well, and they exactly. knew that Trixie was coming back. Exactly. Like, they had gotten rid of Max and Trixie, and they wanted to see the... And, and basically, RuPaul was like, well, Max was difficult to work with. Trixie is going to... We're going to make Trixie look fantastic and then we're going to cut her and then we're going to bring her back and then we'll cut her again because we don't get that much of a shit about her yet and then we'll give her a crown because we need to rob Shangela I actually I will say I don't actually know how much they cared about bringing Trixie back I think that if like Max I think if Violet had really like killed it I think they were basically like Max or Trixie can come back we don't care about bringing Kasha back Mm -hmm. um, and we don't care about bringing Jasmine back like, the two people, there were only two people who could win that episode, which are whoever's paired with Trixie and whoever is yeah. paired. And Pearl needed a plot. This was yeah. Pearl's plot. Yeah. So, like, even, so, and I agree with you. That's a wonderful makeover episode. Mm-hmm. But outside of the prom episode of Canada Season 2, every makeover challenge to me has felt like producer meddling to the umpteenth degree. And, and I hate it. And this one gets even more difficult. So, I love the prom episode. I hold it very near and dear to my heart. And it's such a good episode that I don't want to say this, but this is a really good example of why it is unfair to have men and women in the makeover episode. Mm-hmm. Because it is just a different level of makeover when you're changing a female face to do a female illusion Versus a male face to do a female illusion. And none of these queens are overly conceptual this season. So all of them were just doing female illusion on ma- on their respective partners' faces. We weren't getting a Burton Arnie. Yeah, we mm-hmm. weren't getting... Which, you know, also didn't win because they're not a family. I... They're married. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're puppets. Uh, <laughs> and you know what they say. Everybody, Everybody loves puppets. Everybody loves puppets. But oh, also, I thought you were going like, to say puppets love a good fisting. That too. Everybody <laughs> loves fisting. Uh, <laughs> there are no accidents in fisting. But no, the uh, so like there's also a level of RuPaul does a walkthrough in this and gives them no advice. Like, especially when it came to Kate being like, this is my idea and I'm going to execute it. RuPaul's not like, well, remember, it's family resemblance, not friendly resemblance. Uh, well, okay, that's not entirely true, Ellen. You were invited. Uh, she does give advice to one girl. She gives advice to Tamara about the fucking wigs. Mm-hmm. These hateful, giant, honking, Buick-sized wigs. And I usually love a giant wig. These I mean— ugly. They were not great wigs, and they were also huge wigs. Um, mm-hmm. And he's very much like, this is a bigger wig than I usually wear. Do you think you can, like, handle it? Because you're tiny. And she's like, I can handle it. And, like, I don't think you can handle it, Gorge. I was going to say, I just think she's probably going to need to visit a chiropractor after that episode. Yeah. 
I like, needed one after this. That poor woman. My neck hurt. Fair. Um, I will say, what about your back? I, is there any, is there a lot of fluff, fluff we want to discuss from this? Was there any moments that like stuck out to you guys? I make a representation always the one where I'm like, I don't care. I, I do have one or two things that I yeah. thought were kind of cute. If you want to pop anything I, in. I, I got really attached to uh, Peter. I thought, you know, his story about, well, my parents took me to a doctor and I had to hold out my arms. And he said, you, you're not homosexual. You're, you're, you're your wrist, wrist doesn't. You don't yeah. have a weak wrist. You don't have a weak wrist. So apparently that's the determining factor. And this was the 70s, which was a while ago, I'm aware. But that was still the fucking 70s. Like, this wasn't the Dark Ages. That's wild. He also talks about how he was then like, I told my parents the doctor was wrong. And they were upset, but they they were there for me. Yeah. And there is something really beautiful about seeing a man that age be like, I had a very loving coming out. While also having somebody who's Zan's age be like, I had a really bad coming out. Yeah. Being queer is not a monolith, and our coming outs are always important, Mm -hmm. no matter what time period it is. I remember on TikTok and Tumblr for a hot second, it was, I don't understand why gay men have such hang-ups on coming out. No one cares. I'm like, bitch, they fucking do. There are people who care. Like, until people do care. But there's also a level of, like, that is why so many... That's why so many queer stories are coming out stories. Because for a lot of people, it's such an emotional moment for them. But it's also a problem because every coming out is so different Mm -hmm. that, like, every time you watch a coming out story, you're kind of like, well, that's not my experience. No. I mean, the thing that I find funny is that one coming out story that I feel like has not been mined is the, like, I don't want to come out because this isn't what I want. That's Love, Simon. No. That was the plot of Love, Simon. That's not what I mean. Simon was happy being gay. Oh, you mean I'm not coming out because I'm denying this part. Exactly. Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) Why can't I quit you? I I actually like that movie. Um, Of course you do. You're basically straight. Um, Fuck you. Oh, oh, someone's throwing down. Someone is throwing down. Fucking nefarious non-binary twink you goddamn menace nefarious non-binary twink pope you think i'm a twink that's so sweet oh i'm sorry should i be calling you a former twink turned twunk like your fucking instagram bio you fucking whore in my defense that was a fake porn bio of a fake instagram account that i stole because it was funny that I somehow found because the idiot followed me for some reason. They but didn't follow me. <laughs> I, I knew, sent man, them. They knew better. I sent them the meanest text messages. A lot of people did, and they didn't respond to any of them. And honestly, None. they're ruining my reputation. I'm trying to be Miss Congeniality this season, Gorge. <laughs> oh, you're not going to win. <laughs> Who do you think I am? Olivia Lux? Oh... I don't oh. think you're Olivia Lux. I don't see a world where you'd fuck Utica. Um, Did they fuck? I think so. They went on a date. Yeah, that doesn't mean they fucked. This is good I dated point. David. We never fucked. This is true. Um, wow. I feel like... I feel like with, uh, with Olivia and Utica, they probably, like... I imagine their date was, like, they went to Chuck E. Cheese. They saw a <laughs> Disney movie. They held hands. They shared a bucket of popcorn, and then they That's hugged cute. and went home. Mm. That was also you and Pope's first date. No. No. It got Here's weirder. the thing. As I to say, if we went to Chuck E. Cheese, we'd be asked to leave, because we neither of us looks like a child or acts like a child. I mean, if I shave my beard, I could pass, maybe. You are oh, short. I, I cut it. I am short. I'd just yeah. be a very, I'd, if you, I'd be Charlie it, Brown. I'd be a bald child. If you two went to Chuck E. Cheese, it would be very Five Nights at Freddy's. I just, Is that the bite so, of 87? The bite of 87? No, no. Uh, no. Dave, has never, Dave has never played a video game. You know this. I have. I've played Crash Bandicoot and Grand Theft Auto. And Bubsy. The two genders. Yeah. Yep. Bubsy's non-binary. So, Bubsy's non-binary. There oh. we go. 
Um, oh, I also played. Uh, I mean, I like I like like an old school. Like I like a Super Mario three. Um, I played Tomba. Um, How the fuck have you played Tom Tomba? I own Tomba. How? I don't even know what, what Tomba this, is. This is, such this a is weird my Baldur's Gate three. This is such a weird deep cut. <laughs> anyway, oh, I liked Rayman. We're not as a video well. game podcast. Um, the only Rayman not... that's good is Rayman 64. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> all Raymans are beautiful. So, all oh, back... Raymans. Raymans are valid. <laughs> all Raymans are valid. <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely valid. Definitely, definitely valid. valid. Definitely valid. This is a movie reference, Joe, because <laughs> Joe looks very befuddled. I've seen a movie before, right? Was... And Davis played a video game, and I've seen a musical. Yeah, Joe has definitely seen a movie. Joe saw a movie that we were supposed to see together. <laughs> My mom wanted to see Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, but she doesn't like violence, so she was very uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> It's a Hunger Games film. I was like... It's about children murdering each other. I was going to see it with my dad, and then my dad was sick, uh, because, like... And my mom wanted to also see it. And then she was like, well, we can still see it. I was like, you're not going to like it. Okay, if you really want to. You should have pushed for Priscilla. My mom didn't want to see Priscilla, which... Why? Is she Team Elvis? She's Team Jacob. Um, Basically, just... We're not a movie podcast, but um, Priscilla has really brought out the ugly in um, Elvis fans because uh, this this movie does no favors for Elvis whatsoever. And it just kind of portrays Elvis as like, you know, an insecure man um, who had some like temper and violent tendencies and cheated on Priscilla Presley like there was no tomorrow. Probably all things that were true. Um but Elvis fans just want to believe that he was like, you know, this lovely human being who did nothing wrong ever. That's Sofia Coppola. She's talented. She's going places. Mm-hmm. It's like she won an hey. Oscar or something. Hey, sometimes nepotism isn't bad. Anyway. And sometimes. Sometimes. You run. Sometimes you hide. Sometimes you're scared of me. Sometimes but we wind up getting that really annoying, that really dumb clip of Timothy Chalamet dancing as Troy Sivan on SNL that everyone keeps being like, this is so funny. And it's like that he doesn't know any of the moves and he looks ve- viscerally uncomfortable. I thought you were going to say he looks vegan. No, he looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. I love to remember that Timothy Chalamet is enough of a Nepo baby that he hasn't had to audition since before Call Me By Your Name came out. Wait, he's a Nepo baby? Uh, it's I like he's it's like low key nepo baby. It's like uh, Hollywood elite nepo baby, not like famous famous. Ah, but like I think his fine. mom was like a big casting person and basically mm-hmm. like got him in the room. Like he didn't audition for Call Me by Your Name. He met the guy and the guy was like, "You're so interesting. I'm gonna make this straight twink famous." And he did. So, a few more highlights from the faffing about portion of this show, which was. Most of this show. I was like, is, are you uh, talking about the podcast or the... If we did highlights of our faffing about, we would be doomed. That's called our TikTok so, page. Yes. So, uh, Jamie is all excited when he meets RuPaul and says, oh, I'm going to have the meatiest tuck. And RuPaul has to explain, a meaty tuck is not what we go for, honey. Which is fine. You know, that's fine. Uh, and Kate... Kate is just in love with Zan. Zan's amazing. I'm in love with Zan. I want to see Zan do a talk show later. Uh, Zan comes up with the name Femily Bronte, which I think is I, one of the best names I've ever heard. How yeah. did Kate not come up with Femily Bronte? I'm moderately convinced that Femily Bronte was always the other vibe. And that they, like, discussed it before and then did this moment on camera. Because the idea that Kate Butch did not think Femily Bronte is insane to me. It's wild. And proposed Feminem. I love Feminem. Feminem was great. Feminem is not as good as Creminem, which is uh, Benda LaCreme's rap name. (laughs) Wait, it is? Benda LaCreme's drag name. She's the fatal femme, but da-da-da-da, so they call me Creminem. Oh, that's but oh, I got I the candy coating, and that's why they call me Crum and Nam. Oh, no, she better don't. That's oh, right. no, she better don't. 
but again, the only highlight for me, apart from Peter, who I did genuinely fall in love with, I want this man to be my grandfather. Uh, Ginger is just torturing Rodrigo this whole fucking episode. Also, like, Rodrigo stand does not still. Have... I'm putting things on you. Okay, so you two both have beards, presumably for yes. the same fear that Rodrigo has. Um, Rodrigo doesn't have nearly as much of a baby face as he seems to think he does. I have okay. a beard because I'm lazy and because I don't want to admit that I'm gay. Um, She's bearded and lazy. <laughs> I have a beard because without it, I look 12 and I have no chin and I must scream. She's, like, she's chinless and 12. <laughs> you crop dust in Whole Foods, baby? Like, come on. I can't grow a beard, baby. Yeah, we know. Um... But, Rodrigo, it's not just the beer. It's the fact that, oh, you're going to tuck. Why are you making him tuck? In that outfit. Ginger, there's no, no. reason to make him tuck. Just put on some, like, kind of tight breeze. Do the monster mash. Oh, poor man. This poor man. This poor, this poor Brazilian. Also, yeah. the name is not good. Uh, her being like, what's Ginger in Portuguese? And he says it, and it doesn't sound like the way that ginger sounds as a name and it's like no and she's like i didn't come up with another idea so we're going with it i have a i have a costume to make i have to shave this man i have to bully this man i have to make him shove his testicles in places they're not meant to go i have too much to do to think of a name for him so we'll call him that also Oh, I was going to say, also, the name that Michael Maruli gave Peter was hateful. Geezer Manuli. Hateful. Hateful. I mean, well, should we take it to the runway? 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 We got we to go to the runway. All right. Well, we never talk about RuPaul's look. Never. Not once. I have blocked but, it out. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was very Missoni. It was very cute. Beautiful dress. Beautiful gowns. I just don't um, remember it. Like, it's not... Here's the thing. Me remembering or not remembering RuPaul's look has nothing to do with whether or not it was good. It just happens sometimes. It just do be like that sometimes. Uh, Speaking it, of, someone never sent a photo of their prom. Mm. It, it should... I'm trying, okay? I asked my mom to send me a photo and she hasn't yet. You think I kept that shit? Come on, it's not in my house. But I will say, it's hard for me to remember anything RuPaul did, because Daphne Guinness is our guest judge this week, and she's a Power Rangers villain. Oh my god, Daphne Guinness is the coolest human ever. I love Daphne Guinness. Uh, who is this woman? Okay. Can we get a definition? She's a socialite. She is a fashion icon. She, um... She... Same. Two things that are not jobs. She, si she sings. <laughs> okay, alright. Um, she has two albums out. Both very good. Alright. Um... And she's just like she's um she's like uh she's a muse for uh, I think she was an uh, like for like, uncut jams uncut jams um no but I was gonna say I know that she was a muse for um I think she was a muse for Alexander McQueen as well as um Isabella Blow and um that's she's, a drag name and she's just like she's just super cool super lovely um actually it's funny because the painting that Courtney Love owes me was a painting that was about her and Daphne Guinness discussing, um, not astronomy, um, oh my god, what's it called? Not physics. Um, Astrology? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, Metaphysics? Chemistry? Yes! It was them discussing chemistry, I think. Do you ever or... have David say a sentence that is so bizarre you black out for a second? Because <laughs> the painting Courtney Love owes me is up there. I want you to know, David, this is on record now. Yeah, she owes me a painting. I so, Courtney love, love, if you're listening, leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcast, and get David. Put us on painting. your socials, for fuck's sake, too. You owe David a you owe David a painting, so this is the least you can do. And then she didn't want this to is a call-out post for Courtney Love. And then she didn't want to give me Neutrano. That's what the name of the painting was. Um, and she said she was going to paint me as a woman. David, your experiences are not universal, but they are lovely. 
Oh, Lord. And so first up on the runway, <laughs> we have Dee Delicious and BB-licious. BB-licious. This is, okay, again, Dee Dee, for the love of God, put a necklace on so I don't see the boob line. Yeah. Besides that, I think this is perfect. Here's the I thing. love this look. I love this. Dee Dee, you know how the show works. Why didn't you just bring in, like, the thing that's a problem is so, like, Things that could have helped this. They should have had the same fringe at the bottom. Whichever fringe it was, it should have been the same. They should have had si- they should have had the same sleeves. I actually think that it should have been green and gold, and then the other one should have been uh, blue and silver, doing very similar accenting. Um, mm-hmm. And then it could have been different but similar. Like, I, I, she walked out, and I went, damn it. Like, the wigs are different. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm aware of what they judge on makeover. And I went, mm-hmm. Dee you didn't do it. Which is annoying because, oh my god, BB looks beautiful. Stamped. BB, the yeah, makeup BB is... looks like Dee yeah. yeah. But, like, slightly different enough that they look like sisters, not twins. Like, it's clear that Dee put her makeup onto a new face rather than just picking up her makeup and moving it somewhere else. Yeah. It, look, it looks great. And it's so frustrating because it's like, this is absolutely better than almost anyone else did. But you didn't put yourself in the exact same color. The silhouettes are different and the wigs are different. And as we all know, families don't have similar faces. They just dress the same. Dress the same. They look alike. They dress alike. They sometimes even talk alike. But then we have people who are dressed the same. Kate Butch and Femily Bronte come out in matching jackets. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Okay. They're going to rule the was, school. Yeah. It was goofy. It was yeah. cute. I love the concept. But even with Kate and Zan's idea of found family, I don't feel like this sold found family. No. This sold a movie reference. Yeah. So I would say, I would argue that... The Pink Ladies are genuinely one of the better found families in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say that, like, if you're talking, clo- I would say that the Pink Ladies are a good found family reference versus something like, let's say, Daphne and Wilma. Wilma and Betty. Um, All I'm going to say. Daphne and Wilma. Like, um, I think that, I think that the Pink Ladies I- are a good found family metaphor. Uh, they do are rise. They? they are going to rule the school. I disagree. They're not really a found family. They're just kind of friends, and they don't even seem to like each other for most of the movie. But David, what were you saying? I was going to say, I was like, are they a good found family? They literally bully a girl into being a slut. Yeah, that's what family does. Bully <laughs> other people. They're not bullying each other in anything other than a fun way. Well, look at you, Sandy Lee. Lousy with virginity. Kate looks good. Kate looks good. Uh, Zan looks okay. I think that, Zan looks great. I actually yeah, think Kate's makeup line. Kate's makeup looks good on Zan. I agree. I agree. But that wig line. Yeah. The the problem hateful. for me was the wigs. The, the I mean the the problem with the wig line is really simple, which is just that it's too big a wig for Zan's tiny head. Mm. Like she probably should have just swapped the wigs and given Zan the like the pompadour hair. Um, and then it would have, like, proportioned a little bit better on her face. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It also matched, the red just matched her hair a little too close. Mm-hmm. So it just Like her looked, real, her real yeah. girl hair. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it just was like, I don't know, it was a cute idea, but it wasn't, like, a great idea. And I, I will also say that I think that Kate was always going to be in the bottom this episode, so I'm yeah. not defending this to any crazy degree. I just think it's wild that, like, she did pick a movie reference that is, like, a close-knit friend group that would do anything for each other. Mm-hmm. And they were like, but is family really people who would who love you unconditionally and will do anything for you and will help you bully a girl into being a slut? Yeah. <laughs> I like, would say so. It is just, I, I just hate the family of it all. Fast and the Furious has a better idea of what family is than RuPaul's Drag Race. Ooh, a Fast and the Furious uh, version of this. That would have been, been so funny if, amazing. like, they were just, like, two Vin Diesels. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so Vin Diesel and The Rock. Um, 
the two genders. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I liked the idea of this look. I think it was a cute makeover idea, but, like, for the whole, like, family resemblance, which, honestly, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I know that we said it before, but really, what the fuck does that mean? Nothing. Um, it means it nothing. nothing. Literally because, nothing. Because then when we get to the next look, which is Michael Maruli and Giza Manuli, um These are just the same look. It's the same look. It's literally Michael looking in a mirror and seeing herself in 20 years. I was going to say 10. Um, I was being kind. I like this, honestly. I think I think Geezer looks really good, all things considered. I think Michael did a good job. It's just, I don't think it was the best one of the night. I'm always bored by uh, same look, different. I'm always bored by exact same look. Yeah. It's, I wish was... that, like, I wish there were just differences. I wish that the wigs, I wish she did the wigs on either side so that they mm-hmm. uh, mirrored each other. I wish that, like, one of the I wish there were different accentings. I wish that like the flower was on the other side. Like they're the exact same look. She went to Party City and she bought two nice looks. Yeah. Two nice ringleader looks. It was I mean, I don't know. It's it felt like it's funny because I was worried that you guys were gonna like drag me when I was like, no. Um, but like I feel terrible saying this, but it honestly just felt like it was like, oh, well, Michael's going to win because, A, we want to give Michael another win. And, B, like, oh, a story that tugs at the heartstrings, especially for the elder gays. Like, give him a badge. Well, I think that is what happened. I think that they were like, they they were basically like, we cannot give Ginger another win, and she's the clear winner of this episode. Yeah. Um. And Michael was robbed the first week, and Ginger shouldn't have won Snatch Games. So, like, it is balancing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, narratively, it does make sense for Michael yes. to get another win yeah. here. Michael needs a second win because Ginger, frankly, is doing too well. And again, yeah. the makeover always has weird judging. Yes. But also, like, I mean, also, like, they were talking about how great Giza's walk was and I was like you're walking like a construction worker in heels I don't have an opinion on that I I mean I don't think anyone had a good walk I think that Zan had one of the worst walks which was surprising Zan was walking like a construction worker mm-hmm. my whole thing was like I try not to judge the walks Fair. Uh, as much as I can because this is a man in his 60s Wearing heels, heels for the third time in his life, perhaps. And the first two times were yesterday. Like, I give him a break. Oh, no, I'm with you. It's just the fact that, like, the only reason I bring it up is because they were like, oh, and what a good walk. No, it really was. The whole purpose of this episode and this win was to give Michael kind of a plot. To, uh, to, really to put one. Michael into a position where... Michael could potentially beat Ginger because Ginger is just running away with the season. Exactly. Exactly. And Michael need, Michael was in the bottom last week. We need to give him a win now. And they did everything just smart and just good enough to where it's hard for me to say like, well, they didn't deserve it. I mean, Mm. I will say, I think that like their presentation was lovely. And I think that makeover episode has become so much about what you're doing physically on the runway. Mm, That's why I actually like when they have little dance numbers because it gives them a chance to do a lot. If they, like, create their own choreo, it can actually do something really wonderful. Yeah. Um, And if they don't, it's less good. Yeah. Um, But next up we have Tamara Thomas and Giant G. Tiny T and Giant J. Well, I I think it was Jaggy G. Giant G. I don't care. It is Giant G. Well, no, they kept calling her Giant G after because it was Tiny T and Giant... Oh! Oh! Oopsie Joe had the eye catch. I had literal receipts of the eye catch. Yeah. Never mind. I was wrong. Mm, This look. This... Okay. Tamara. Tamara. I know you do makeup. I've seen you do it. You've been fine looking this whole season. Why didn't you put a stitch of makeup on this beautiful woman to make her look like she's in drag? All you did was put her in an ugly outfit and an ugly wig and gave her back problems. So the thing is, is that she did do what she basically does to herself, which is 
she got enough surgery to paint what is there, and now she paints what is there. And so she just painted. But there's so many things that are little that she should have done. There's no contour on her cheeks. She None. just did eye and lip. Mm-hmm. But also, she, this wig line is atrocious because she doesn't blend out the wig line. She doesn't I, put a, oh. a contour up here to, like, blend it out a little bit. I, it's oh, also sitting— no. It's the exact opposite of Kate's problem. Kate's wig, Zan's head was tidy enough that Kate's wig was too far down. This wig is so far back, she has a six head. Like, I have a question. I really have a question. I, look, I like Dee Dee a lot. I think Dee Dee is super cute out of drag, too. But why are we saving Tamara? What is... Her point. Like, what is her storyline? Because here's the thing. Kara didn't even say, I mean, they've never met, but Kara didn't even say on the mirror, like, like, Tamara, bring this thing home. Like, why are we, why are we because pushing Tamara? Because she's likable and get she's it. a good personality. And I think that, I think in their mind, Tamara's the next bag of chips. Which is to say, the next queen who will be, like, successful in a real way off of this show rather than in a drag way. But like you could put Tamara on at the show. Sure, but you could put Tamara on any shitty reality show in the UK and she would be such a delight and then more people would watch Drag Race. Fair. This is true. I just like, like that I, is my actual like if I'm trying to bet dollars mm-hmm. for donuts, that is where I think the donuts are going. No, fair. Like I mean after you said that that makes a lot of sense. It's just that like like in the last 2 weeks I'm just like I don't know why we're saving her for the top four, if not top three at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. wild. It's, it's wild. It's also one of those things where, like, she's not a bad lip syncer. She's a great dancer. I I think the bottom two of this week should have been Tamara and Kate. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think that would have necessarily changed the outcome of the episode. Mm-hmm. But I would have, but I th- it also could have. It would have been somebody with one win versus somebody with one win with like a limit with like neither of them having placed bottom yet like it would have yeah. been a, a, and instead of making dd do it again which like dd didn't do poorly she did quite a good job yeah um and then she won this lip sync it's like yeah dd was always going to stay i just wish that she wasn't in the bottom because they find her expendable in a way that tamara for some reason isn't exactly it's, it's also- gone to a point where it's just annoying and it takes you out of the show because it's like you're clearly protecting her. Also, yeah. and this is a, a pretty, this is maybe a minor thing, but I think it's a big thing. Tamara put her girl in an outfit that she didn't alter. And you can tell because it literally just doesn't fit. Like the under boob does not fit even a little bit the way that the other one does. Mm-hmm. And it just like really pisses me off that like Kara is a beautiful queen. She was an amazing mm-hmm. queen. She was the last queen of color there. And I get it. You want to push Michael to the to the finish line. Michael is great. I love Michael's drag. But why Tamara? Why? Again, last week it should have been Tamara and Dee Dee. Yeah. And honestly, and then it should have I'm been Kara should have still been here. Like yes! the difference would have been that Kara would have been here and Dee Dee wouldn't have. Or maybe Tamara wouldn't have. And that's okay. Yeah. It is okay for people to go home. They're not winning anything anyway. Yeah. But like it's it- so frustrating for Kate to <sighs> Kate is on such an uptick that, like, she had such a narrative that her losing in the middle of her narrative is so frustrating. I actually want to talk about that, but I want to talk about Ginger before we do. Oh, yeah. So, finally, uh, Ginger Johnson does the best this week. Yes, with (laughs) Ginger and Hueva. Uh, Trixie uh, Trixie and Bianca, in fact, actually probably could. But I've seen them. They but have. they, but this was incredible. This yeah. jumpsuit is incredible. The way that they match is great. Like, she made that. She in the made both room. of those. The I patterns would, are beautiful. I would buy one of those and wear it to a party. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, Ginger, you can make this. Is this the? Did you spend all your time making these two looks, and that's why all your other runways are bad? It, it makes me hate some of her previous runways more mm-hmm. because it's like, wait, you can make good stuff. You it's, can look pretty. It's like when you see Utica's sleeping bag dress and it makes you hate the little black dress even more because you're like, you can make anything with sleeping bags. Why did we get your earring? 
because um, <laughs> Utica doesn't understand subtlety. She pronounced it subtlety. <laughs> yes, she doesn't. I, it's Let me put it this way. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I guess in my mind this makes perfect sense, where it's like someone can see a sleeping bag and see a gorgeous gown, but then it's like, how do I do a little black dress? There's nothing there. So this is not a Utica podcast, but I will say, for me at least, the idea was, one, Utica, subtlety, they've never met. Two, I don't think Utica knew how to do sexy yet. Well, I think the, mm. the problem. I think the thing about Utica is that, and I think it is still probably a thing about her. Um, but I would be curious to see her on a new season. Is I think Utica is a really creative and talented artist who has very rarely been given notes that are not positive, mm. and so <laughs> her mind gets to work however it wants because she's lived in this really beautiful really nurturing art school environment. And so going to Drag Race and receiving notes on stuff was really hard on her because mm. uh, her vision being completed the way she wanted it to doesn't mean it's completed the way that everyone wishes it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is not a Utica podcast. It's Ginger not. did incredible and should have won this week. Um, I don't know. I, I Controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Dee Dee might have won this week for me. I, it was too many things that didn't match. I don't care if it matched for me. I liked it. Just it. Like, I, I liked it a I lot, but them I and just, I was like, those people are related. I think that her makeup was impeccable in a way that like mm-hmm. no one else managed to even get close Agreed. to. Unfortunately, yeah. the makeover isn't always about makeup, and that sucks. I'll say this: so, for me, the placements were Ginger one, second place was Dee Dee, third place was Michael Maruli. Actually, no, I put Michael Maruli kind of lower because I honestly think that... Well, there's only five of them. I know, but I probably... Like, I liked Kate and um, Femily Bronte's idea. I, I'm not Yeah, but I that... liked Michael's execution more. Like, Fair. On a very frank level, I just think that... I think we're all giving Kate points because we want her to succeed. We want Kate to get the tomorrow treatment of getting just a little bit more... Of a, like, of letting her stay longer. But mm-hmm. looking at it objectively, I think that, unfortunately, Kate did not do Fair. as well as we wish I'll she say, did. I'll say this. I feel like, in a weird way, they're kind of figuring it out a little bit. Because I feel like Vanjie walked so Floor and Kate could get badges. Or get wins. <laughs> well, I think Tamar is the Vanjie of this season. Tamara's absolutely the Vanjie. Is she? Yeah. Van- the entire point of Vanjie is there's something special about you, but we don't understand it. Fair. Because I was going to say, I feel like the other thing with Vanjie is that Vanjie... It's Alyssa Edwards thing. Fair. I was going to say, because I feel like Vanjie did well and, like, had multiple times where I'm like, why didn't she? Why didn't you give her a win? And it was oh. just clear that they were like, oh, we didn't think you were going to do... We, didn't, we don't see a winner here. We just see someone who's doing well. Oh, wait, you're doing better... But if we give you a win, that's not the narrative. So can I – so I would like to revisit something real fast. Please. Saving for so, All-Stars? Nope. Not for All-Stars. I, UK hasn't even had an All-Stars yet. Fuck it. So what, what place – Blue Hydrangea just, has entered the chat. <laughs> that was versus the world. It's different from All-Stars. They have different branding. But what place did Banshee take? Fifth? What place did Ben de la Creme take? Fifth. Fifth. Ms. Cracker. Fifth. Fifth. And now, Kate Bush. Are you reading it's us for fifth? Butch. <laughs> the fifth place fan favorite is such a staple. Ooh. It. Joe's flexible. Who knew? Uh, most people. Uh, the fifth place <laughs> fan favorite. Oh, I offended. I offended. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and as every guy in New York knows, I come first too. <laughs> Pope, do you have a secret Twitter that we don't know about? <laughs> no one wants to see this. All right. No, I don't have a. Fi- no, there's two kinds of secret Twitter. There's the secret Twitter of this isn't my name, but this is my body, and then there's the other secret Twitter, which is I have no face, but I am a whore. I have no face, and I must come. So, uh, 
you know, literary, that literary classic. And I scandalized Joe again. I'm just trying to get through my theory real fast, and I keep scandalizing Joe. That was so good. <laughs> Thank you. That was the funniest thing I've heard in, like, months. <laughs> I have no faith, but I must come. <laughs> I think we have a new t-shirt. So, the, fi- the, the fifth place fan favorite is a well-worn staple of Drag Race. Yes, and Kate, Bu- Kate Butch absolutely embodies that. We love her. She's been a talking head. She's been our narrator this season. She is narrator, going to I hardly do... know her. There you go. She's going to do so well. At DragCon. At DragCon and life on an All-Stars, on a Versus the World. Kate is the queen from this season money. who will likely be able to solo tour first. Mm. Exactly. And that is what Kate is. Like, she's going to do Haters Roast a few years, and then she's going to do a stand-up show. And I will pay good money to see that. Exactly. So, as much as I hate the fifth-place fan favorite, because a lot of the girls in that position should have been in the finals, should have possibly even won their season, it doesn't change the fact that you go home fifth, you're you're not guaranteed, but there is a very good chance people fucking love you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, that's just why I'm not, I'm upset, because Kate should still be here. Mm-hmm. Kate would probably win next week. I don't understand why. So, it's Kate and Dee, Dee in the bottom, and they do uh, This Is Hell, I'm sorry, uh, This Hell by Rina Sawayama. Never heard it. Uh, I she Rina Sawayama also has a song called uh, Found Family. Wait, seriously? Kate posted about it today. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, Scandalo. I, I thought she was the person who sang XS, but it was... Oh, it is her. Yeah. Very different sounds from this woman. Uh, yep. No, Dave. Chosen wow. Family by Rina Sawayama. Sorry, chosen oh, family. I have a I have chosen a song um, for you guys, which is actually very very good. Um, it's called "Single Right Now" by Tammy T. You will both love it. Okay, I just keep singing podcast, hot net. copyrights, but yes. Uh, Kate tries her best. Kate does a good job. Um, yeah. Dee Dee's just the thing about Dee Dee is that she's one of the rare lip syncers who can fully dance and has a lot of control over her face. Mm-hmm. Like, there are body girls and there are face girls. And face Kate is a face girl. Mm-hmm. Dee Dee just both. She's so first. Here's, here's what I think about Dee Dee, which I think is kind of funny. Um, her sister, Crystal, who is a pretty girl. That's about it. Crystal um, knows how to do sexy. Yeah, like, that's about it. Um, Dee Dee is, like, secretly a very good queen. Because during her, like, her lip syncs are funny. Shade. I mean, I, it was a little shady because you said secretly, but I don't disagree. Dee Dee is a very talented queen. She the thing that Dee Dee well, does well there. is drag. She's a great yes, lip syncer. I know. She is a great, she is a, a fashion girly. She zigs when she, she zags when she can zig. She does an incredible makeup, like, Dee Dee is conceptual. so good at drag. Unfortunately, this is a season that is not prioritizing that. Sorry, I just had an I love Josh moment. I love Dee Dee. I get that. Like Who's Josh. Look. Oh my god, watch a movie. No. Um like no, this <laughs> sorry, I just had this like, like moment Drake where I was and like, Josh? No. Oh like god, no. like Josh from Clueless. Um <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways. Um yeah, it was, like, I, I just, like, had this moment where I was, like, thinking about, like, all of her looks and whatever. And, like, even in, like, the 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 zebra onesie, I was, like, I loved her face. Oh! That was something I forgot to mention. Did we all see Dee Dee's wig that she had on under that onesie? Yeah. She, she was, was ready. She was ready. She had to admit lip sync for her motherfucking life. She was fucking ready. What does that have to do with anything? Uh, Still, funniest moment in untucked history to me. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, Dee Dee is a magnificent queen, and we've said this before, and I, I will stand by it. 
this has been a magnificent season oh, absolutely. with some amazing girls because every time someone goes home, it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. And these girls, like, yeah, I think it's why I'm annoyed that they keep protecting Tamara because I think Tamara, one, could actually survive a lip sync. And two, like, you don't need to protect them. I think they're all good. I'm excited for all of them own. to return to a season where they can win money. Mm-hmm. So why are we... I can't wait for Fuck Kate yeah. to do Canada versus the world and win. <laughs> do you know what they should do love for this season only? Absolutely. They should They should really just get them all American visas and <laughs> redo the season. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even do that for Kara. She has dual citizenship. Exactly. You know, I want it to be like, I want it to be like, um, like, like Delta work at the Olive Garden. You know, I want, I want the, I want. You can't just, David, I need you to stop. You cannot fully quote Delta work at the Olive Garden for the second time in this podcast. I can, and I will. Um, Actually. No. No. She just, I just want RuPaul to walk up to the producers of WOW and say, I want another round for the table. I would love to see. Literally every single one of these girls who we've seen on camera, so not you missing Hoke, fuck, fuck I off. do want to be clear, David, that that reference actually doesn't work very well. Um, because unlike a, a UK season, if you get another round of these girls in America, you have to pay for it. Oh. Touche. I think the girls Touché. got a, I think they got a daily stipend. Well, you know what the I difference think. is? The difference is, is unlike the Olive Garden, that would be money well spent. Um, We're gonna drag you to Olive Garden. It's all you can eat. It's all you can eat uh, pasta right now. And I will sit there like this the entire time. Uh, that is with my arms are crossed. Technically, food. Breadsticks are delicious. I, I don't want they're fine here. They're yeah, but they're not. So they're good. not cheddar bay biscuits from Red Lobster. Wait, are we also gonna go to Red Lobster? I will fuck with Red Lobster. Okay, the only Red Lobster I know is in fucking Woodland Hills, okay? Like, there's gotta be another one. We'll road trip. No, there's one in Pasadena! There's one in Pasadena? There's one in Pasadena. Or maybe it's uh, Altadena. It's one of the Dinas. We, we're so close to the end of this episode. And we are now so a derailed podcast. right now. We are, we are literally, we were podcast. discussing the lip sync. We were about to say, Dee Dee gets told Shantae you stay, Kate gets told to go home, but you can't fire her, she quits, damn it, too late. And we were about to say that if you like the podcast, you should join us next week, and you should rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you should check us out on all social medias. I'm at Jolie Green Giant, Stephen Pope is at Pro Hobbit Pope, David Gorin is at David J. Gorin, and the podcast is at This Toxic Fandom. And if you like us, tell a friend. If you really like us, tell a friend with benefits. And if you think we're okay, find someone who's reading an Emily Bronte book and say, hey, I got a podcast for you. On this last episode, there was someone named Femily Bronte. Maybe it's not for you, but check it out. Oh, I thought if you thought we were just okay, hold a server at your local Red Lobster. And until next time. (laughs) I was going to say stay toxic. We were about to say stay toxic. <laughs> Maybe stay toxic. <laughs> if you will. If you, if you uh, want well. to. We're not going to make so you stay anyway, toxic. Anyway, okay, okay, okay. So if we're going to do the Red Lobster, we have to figure out what's in Pasadena, Altadena, or some other Dina. Is there a third Dina? Dina Jones from... Oh, uh, from. Yeah.